They imagined, and now it is real. Liverpool is the host city of the Eurovision Song Contest 2023 in the United Kingdom on behalf of Ukraine. Hello! Oliver, <laughs> Oliver, Oliver. You, of course, are from Liverpool, so I want to give you the first word. What is your reaction to the news that Liverpool will host Eurovision 2023 in the United Kingdom on behalf of Ukraine? The first word that comes to mind is unbelievable, but I think given the campaign trail and the momentum that this bid has had, especially over the past couple of weeks on social media, we should absolutely believe it because this is so well-deserved. The moment that this was announced and Graham Nolan pulled out of the envelope and we saw Liverpool 2023, before he actually said it, I was like gasping at my TV, just thinking, it's Liverpool, it's Liverpool. Got up, stomped around my flat, decapitated this plant, by the way. This used to have petals on it and it fell off. I was that excited. It, it, it means so much to me as somebody growing up near the city and seeing your vision in all these exotic places to see it basically in my own back garden is so exciting um I, I i'm just so proud of the people that put so much work into this and i can't wait to welcome everybody to liverpool that is so beautiful i just want to say in recent months we've got a lot of bad news coming out of liverpool there was the mm -hmm. tragic killing of that young girl you know there's been a lot of reports about gang activity and the best way to respond to that ugliness is to show the city love, to invest in the city, to give the city something to look forward to and to let it showcase itself for the United Kingdom, but also for the world. And I'm just so touched that this is actually happening. But this was not a pity vote. This vote was based on logistics, on a plan. Claire, the woman from, not Claire, yes, Claire, the leader, Claire McColgan, from uh, Liverpool Culture, Culture Liverpool, she said very clearly they had built a cultural program around Ukraine, around their friendly sister city in Odessa. This was very carefully thought through. All of that work, that's why they got this bid. This wasn't because someone said, oh, they never get anything, or oh, they face more difficult circumstances than some other cities. No. It was through hard work and effort, and I am so touched, and I'm so glad that we can share this moment. Before we continue, I just want to shout out quickly to some of our readers, RJ, or viewers. RJ says, so happy for Liverpool. Looks like an amazing city to visit. Congrats from the Netherlands. Yay, Chantelle is saying hi to everybody. Lucy, ahoy in the Czech Republic. I can't wait to see what Liverpool can offer us. Oscar, thank you so much for that super chat. That is so kind. Aww. We can't wait to see you in Liverpool for Eurovision 2023 in the United Kingdom <laughs> on behalf of Ukraine. Antonia says, OMG, it's in my hometown. I never thought this would happen. Have to meet you guys. Absolutely. Vanessa points out, Oliver, that you are glowing at the news. I am. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you very much. Yeah, I am absolutely glowing at the news. Of course I will be. <laughs> Ramiro says, love Liverpool. I'm really excited. Chantelle Vanden Adel says, my mother wants to go to Eurovision with me. Well, there is plenty of space in Work. Liverpool. So yeah. you better book. And then Yulia Orsanu says, the reason why Liverpool will host two words, passion and dedication. Mm -hmm. Now, Oliver, let's discuss this. First off, M&S Bank Arena, right there on the river, please give us the highlights. So, 
MS Bank Arena, formerly known as Liverpool Echo Arena, which is our local newspaper, which I also used to write for. Um, no longer with them, but really good. I'm sure they'll be on the scene very much so. Um, it's a really beautiful area of Liverpool. And I think when a lot of people think of the dockyards, if they've not visited Liverpool recently, they think it's quite a rundown area. They think of it how it was in the 90s, but kind of since the mid 2000s, and thanks to the European Union, let's keep that in mind, uh, there has been massive investment in that area of the city. So it's it's maintained kind of the heart of what it's about. There's so much history there um, and, and kind of the dark parts of the history as well. Not to get too deep into it, but Liverpool was kind of at the core of um, the slave trade as well, which isn't, of course, is a really like harrowing thing to think about. But Liverpool has acknowledged that history, acted upon it, and it reflects it in its history of social justice, its culture of coming together and standing up for what's right. Um, and yeah, I, th I think this entire space, logistics is is the word to go for. The arena is right next to the conference centre, um, which also has a massive exhibition space attached to it, which will be perfect for press. Loads of hotels right on the front, um, some of them a little more expensive, but overall also a lot cheaper than Glasgow. So if you're looking for Eurovision on a, not a budget, because I feel like it's impossible to do Eurovision on a budget, but on a, on a smaller budget, then you should be happy that it's in Liverpool. Um, yeah, everybody should be really excited to come and see the docks. And on a practical note, we should point out that the ACC Conference Center is right next door. It recently hosted the Labour Party Conference here in the UK. So it's very much used to having press, to having, you know, guests, yeah. diplomats, whoever. So this will be practically very easy. If you're in the press, you work in the ACC, you hop over to the MS Bank Arena, done. Um, it's just very, very smooth. I'm actually coming to Liverpool in a few weeks to attend the World Gymnastics Championships. Yes! I'll be supporting my American girls and you Brits as well. It's going to be amazing. They're used to hosting these big events. Now, we had a question come in, and I want to find it. It's from Johnny B. What do you think separated the Glasgow and Liverpool bids? I think they both had great venues. I think they both, you know, had the infrastructure. For me, and I think this may reflect some of the things we've heard in recent months, Ukraine has to be at the center of this. Now, we don't know what was in Glasgow's proposal. However, we do know that Liverpool did an excellent job at making it clear they're doing this on behalf of Ukraine to honor Ukraine. This is a city of sanctuary that has welcomed many Ukrainian refugees. It has a Ukrainian um, you know, community that's thriving, that's glowing, and will continue to glow and grow. And I think the fact that Claire from Culture Liverpool suggested they had built a program around that probably made a big difference. Um, if you look at the BBC communications in recent months, um, they said very clearly, whoever hosts has to reflect Ukraine. This is such a special, unique, one-off type of situation. And so I'm convinced that that was kind of a huge part of the decision calculus. One other thing before I come to you, Oliver, I loved and was so touched 
by the series of videos, well, two videos in particular, that Liverpool released. One was children at the Nadi Ash Primary School signing along to Imagine. Imagine, of course, being John Lennon's 1971 hit about, you know, imagine we didn't have different nationalities, different whatever. We just were one. We were peaceful. We were unified. Um, that's so beautiful, especially in light of the war in Ukraine. And the second video was that amazing amazing Eurovision bid video where they talked about the city. They talked, you know, yeah, they showed Penny Lane, sure, but they showed that Liverpool cares about its people, its refugees who have, you know, made it their home, etc. It was just so touching and I was so moved and still am. Oliver, what do you think made the difference? It's exactly that. It's that program of events that they have been very clear about and it's all in the momentum, I think, that's been on social media. Like you said, that bid video, um, really fantastic display. It showcased everything that our city has to offer beyond kind of the standard of what you think of when you think of Liverpool, which is for most people probably football and second probably music and, and the Beatles, but it is about community. We have like Liverpool Pride and that's completely free. There aren't many completely free Pride festivals across the country anymore. Um, but but yeah, that, that program of events, um, I, I can't name the specific Ukrainian words, but I know they're talking about having art installations across the city, um, uh, you know, popular art structures that are common around Ukraine in Easter time. Um, street art, street art by Ukrainian artists as well is something they mentioned. And it, it's just that that program, that idea that the entire city will have a Ukrainian takeover. I think that's what put the post. If we were talking a British win if the UK had won this year and we were going to the UK just for the UK and not also for Ukraine. I think that Glasgow would have been the default, but the and feel like Glasgow kind of rested on its laurels a little bit because they knew it was the favourite. Um, they had a good bid as well, but Liverpool was more transparent with what they wanted. They were very clear with how much they wanted it. And right from the get-go, they, they put out the most about what they're going to do. Yeah, I kind of got that sense as well. There was not much communication from Glasgow during the process. If you searched for Liverpool or Glasgow on Twitter and you exclude fan content, the official content parts of the bid that were being not leaked but showcased were all coming out of Liverpool. They were really pouring their heart, their soul, the passion into this. I want to show you actually a photo. Let's see if I can do this. Um, oh yes, it's going to work. It's going to work. So this, these are those kids at that school. Isn't that so sweet? Signing Imagine, like the perfect peace anthem. Um, and now how do I get rid of this photo? Now I love these kids, but I don't, wait, <laughs> where did we go? Oh no. We're in Naughty Ash. Um, okay, so this is problematic. I will figure out, oh, bye kids, love you so much. <laughs> also, I think that Liverpool, I'm gonna show you another image. This was actually supplied to us by Lucy. Lucy is a wee blogger who lives in Birmingham and her friend is a designer. And he came up with what I think is the most gorgeous kind of memento, landmark in the city. Oliver, please explain what this is, what it was. Is, is she on screen right now? She is on screen right now. She is on screen. She's gorgeous. So 
any scousers here in the chat or anyone who's visited Liverpool will know this is the super lamb banana, except decorated in the Ukrainian flag. So all over Liverpool, you will see mini versions of this, but there is one giant one. It used to be right outside Liverpool John Moore's University. And I'm a little bit fuzzy on the origins of it, but I believe it was designed by a Japanese uh, sculpture artist who wanted to um, talk about the, the common um, things that came in via trade, which was bananas and wool from lambs. Um, shout out to all the wools around Liverpool, myself included. And it's just kind of become a Liverpoolian icon. So you can get it in basically every single gift shop. Um, it, it's just all over the place. Almost every household has one. And yeah, I, I hope that we get some version of this. I'm I'm almost certain that something like this will be commissioned for Eurovision 2023. It just has to be in every gift shop. And let's just clarify, this is a mock-up. The real one is yellow. It's like mm -hmm. a big old yellow banana lamb thing. And an artist who our friend Lucy knows has painted it, half of it in blue, to make it like the Ukrainian flag. It's such a good idea. I would buy that. I would wear that as a keychain. I'd wear that as a necklace. Oh my goodness. Earring. Yeah, let's go. Yes. Now, there are many questions coming in. Oren had a comment... Oren, Oren, Oren. Oh yes, the arena is just like 11,000 seats. It feels, since Tel Aviv, that all the arenas are small. You know, I think what's interesting is that on TV, things can still look enormous, right? Ultimately, this is a TV show and that's what matters most. The Tel Aviv arena was small. And when you were there, you were like, whoa, this is like not big. But on TV, it looked enormous. And I have no doubt the BBC and the EBU will make um, the Liverpool M&S Bank Arena look just as fabulous as they always do, hunty. And it is big. It is like eleven thousand is still a big number. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not a primary been, school, is it? No, I've been to see Flight of the Concords. I've been to see Steps there. I've been to see Diana Ross. I saw there recently. Um, it's it, it's a great venue. So like, don't just don't knock it until you see it. That's all I'll say. I'd also like to point out, I really do think that the producers will, and indeed should, make the most of the local talent that comes from Liverpool. The obvious one, of course, the Beatles, right? Paul McCartney. He is still out there slaying. I feel like we will hear the song Imagine during Eurovision. I just feel like it seems inevitable. And yes, it's cheesy, but hey, it gives me all the feels. You know what? When I was living in Vietnam, I played that song every day and it made me so emotional. There's This song has a universal quality that people love and it's just so, so thematically on point. Oliver, Atomic Kitten. My girls, Kerry. Jenny, Natasha, my girls. Now, they, of course, have split, but hey, who knows what could happen during the Eurovision Song Contest? Your other local favorites, Oliver, please. Oh, my God. Um, Scylla Black, obviously. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Um, Chelsea Grimes is from Liverpool. Oh, my God. Kind of kind of been a big Eurovision like favorite to, to be in the mix to represent the UK. I believe is signed with TAP or has worked yes. with TAP before. So that would be great um, to see an appearance from her again. Uh, Mel oh C, the Spice Girls, Sporty Spice. Mel C, Rebecca Ferguson. There's, there's so many. Um, Sonia, obviously. The Wombats, 
Elvis Costello, Echo and the Bunnymen, the Coral. I am, by the way, reading from the post you wrote about 10 facts of <laughs> Liverpool. So just a little reminder there. You guys, there are so many questions coming in. Barry, Barry says, I turn to you, Melanie C. He knows that local music. <laughs> you and Crab, Scousers involved, yeah, why not? As long as they are with tap. Hey, let's celebrate everybody, tap or not. Ulia or Sanu. Now, I want to see Sir Paul McCartney as an interval act. And Mega JK97 says, sure. 11,000 is a big number, but I remember Dusseldorf had like 46,000 seats. The competition for getting tickets is going to be insane. Imagine resale and black market prices skyrocketing. Yeah, that's unfortunate about the ticket um, upsell, although a lot of sites have started taking action on that. I can't remember the name of the site that yeah. recently banned it, but um, we can only hope for the best. Tickets, of course, are not on sale yet. Um, so do wait for information. Do not buy any tickets you see online at the moment. People will try to rip you off. This happens every year where tickets are not on sale, but then suddenly they're listed for resale already. So please be careful. Do not fall victim to that scam. Now, the oh, the questions are really just coming thick and fast. Ewan says, Sonia behind the Liverpool bid, the girl from Skelmer Sally, Skelmer Sale. Skelmsdale, yeah. Skelmsdale. Yes. <laughs> Skelmsdale. Oren Littman says, do you think we're going to see RuPaul UK Queens there? I think you can guarantee it. That is, that is going to happen. The RuPaul's Drag Race franchise is so strong here in the UK, and surely they will turn it up and turn it out. Oliver. Oh, yeah. I mean, Liverpool has such an incredible drag scene as well, aside from just the queens who have been on Drag Race. So obviously you've got the Vivian, and um, right now on Drag Race UK is Danny Beard, but there's like so many other queens, such a big, well, actually let's talk more generally about the queer scene in Liverpool. Um, it, it, it's kind of one of the big hubs of the Northwest, of the North actually, um, really um, welcoming little gay village, um, not as big as Manchester, but some really great clubs there. And yeah, I'd love to see some drag involvement. I'm sure that they'll get the Vivian or Danny Beard to do something. I mean, come on. All right. So now I want to put in an official word, or rather share some official comments. This is from the BBC's Director General, Tim Davey. He says, congratulations to Liverpool. They will be an amazing host for the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest. Liverpool is such an exciting, warm, and vibrant city. It's the undisputed capital of pop music and is celebrating the 65th anniversary of its twinning with the Ukrainian city of Odessa. I know the people of Liverpool Liverpool will welcome Europe and the rest of the world with open arms and in partnership we will create something truly special. I think that's so beautiful shouting out to Odessa. Oliver, could you quickly tell us about what Liverpool is doing to help its friends in Ukraine? Yeah, Liverpool has introduced a program um, for Ukrainian refugees to make sure that they are well looked after really. This entire bid actually has been um, backed by backed by, I, I believe it's the mayor of Odessa. I might be getting that title wrong, so apologies, but they have worked directly in collaboration with Odessa. So it's been very much communicative across the borders, across the sea, across the continent, um, to make sure that all of the programs that are being put in place are representative of Ukrainian culture. And let's not forget that that's not just for Eurovision. That's not just kind of a week and done. We're talking a whole month, a whole year of events. Um, and, and, and yeah, Liverpool was, well, 
not necessarily with the Ukrainian refugees, but has a history of welcoming refugees very quickly. Um, Afghanistan, when the Taliban took over, very unfortunate, obviously. Um, Liverpool was one of the first cities to welcome Afghan refugees here. Um, so there is a really welcoming spirit and I have so much joy for our council. Um, they are, we're a very liberal city founded on social justice. And I think that all of that has been reflected in this bid to represent Ukraine. Thank you so much. Now, I want to read a comment. This is from Eurovision Song Contest Executive Supervisor Martin Osterdahl. And I shouldn't call it a comment. I should say it's his official statement. <laughs> Liverpool is the ideal place to host the 67th Eurovision Song Contest on behalf of Ukraine. The city is synonymous with music and Liverpool Arena exceeds all the requirements needed to stage a global event of this scale. We have been very impressed with the passion the city has shown in embracing the contest and their inclusive ideas for placing last year's winners Ukraine front and center when thousands of fans visit next May. This will be the first Eurovision Song Contest to be held in the UK in 25 years as we work with our host broadcaster, the BBC, to celebrate Ukraine's victory. This unique production promises to be a very special one indeed. Now, before we break that down, I just want to shout out to Oaksar for this super chat. Thank you so much for your donation, which will go a long way to helping us pay our server bill. Oaksar says, what's the best way to get tickets as I never tried getting them before? Can you walk me through the process? Oksar, Oksar, Budzinski, we're going to walk you through that process in just a few moments. I'm going to minimize your comment just so I remember. Another way to support Weeblogs, of course, is to pre-order my book, Wild Dances, My Queer and Curious Journey to Eurovision. That link is in the description. Love you so much. Now, let's first deal with Martin Osterdahl in this comment. What I love about this comment is that he says they've been inclusive, they've focused on Ukraine. This goes back to what we were just talking about, how that was probably kind of the deciding factor. Both venues, Glasgow and Liverpool, they can host a show, they can make it happen. But it's that X factor about making sure this is done for and on behalf of Ukraine that would have been so important. Um, yeah, I mean, I. how do I say this? Harry Doyle from the city council, is that correct? Or from yes. Labour Councillor? Yeah, he's he's the assistant mayor of Liverpool and I believe cabinet member for culture. I will check his title, but please continue. Yeah. I've been scrolling through his Twitter account every day, and he really has a heart for the Ukrainian people. It's very clear that he is in this, not just to bring something to Liverpool, but to serve the Ukrainians in the UK and at home. You really get that vibe from his Twitter feed, and indeed from what other officials in Liverpool have said, and it seems sincere. Sometimes in these bidding processes, things are said and done for show, but I have this really strong feeling this is just real. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very sincere. You can feel it. It doesn't feel corporate. And part of this is, of course, the fact that Liverpool, Liverpudlians, forgive me, Liverpudlians yeah. are so welcoming and warm. Like, yes, it's a stereotype, but it's true. Because every time you meet someone from Liverpool, they are chatty Kathy, chatty Chris, you know, <laughs> you get the whole life story in the first 10 minutes. Women of my own heart. I love that so much. Um, I just have a feeling that this is going to be absolutely spectacular, Oliver. Yeah, before I, I mean, echoing absolutely everything that you're saying, massive shout out to Harry. Um, I've actually been speaking with Harry today. We speak on the regular um, and he hasn't really known anything about the bid from what I'm told and I choose to believe um, I absolutely believe him but 
you know, he knew nothing about it. He's been really enthusiastic the entire time. We went and filmed down on the docks for Boosie Breakfast um, when Liverpool was first announced for the shortlist. And we were also joined by Joanne Anderson, who is the mayor of Liverpool, um, has also been an incredible supporter. There are so many people that have put so much joy into this. Um, but I think Harry has really kind of been the face of this. And anybody who I, I really encourage you to go and follow Harry Doyle on Twitter. Um, but he was he's actually from Notty Ash. That's like his his um, what you call it remit in Liverpool. And that was really sadly where Olivia, who was the little girl who you mentioned, um, was murdered. And he was right at the front of that, um, which is a really heavy thing to bring up, I know. But I'm using it to demonstrate kind of the, the welcoming attitude yeah. and the city being able to come together and rally around something. And having those people at the core of this bid has been integral to its success. Absolutely. Speaking of which, I want to put on the screen a comment that I've just seen on the WeWe Blogs website. This speaks to exactly what we're talking about. Jimmy says, wonderful. Liverpool will be a fantastic host city. It was inc wait, I it was increasingly clear that the organizers were putting a lot of heart into their bid and wanted to place Ukraine at the heart of the festivities. That is so, so important. Thank you, Jimmy, for observing that. And thank you, Harry and co, for making that possible. Now, on the ticketing process, this goes back to um, our friend with the super chat, Oscar Budzinski. Please do wait for official communications from the BBC and the EBU. Do not believe anything you read or see that is not from the BBC and the EBU about ticketing. They, of course, have to design the stage. They need to figure out how many seats they will have in the arena because when you build a stage of this scale and depending on the design, seats go away. Standing places go away. So what's going to happen now is I'm assuming there'll be a tender for the stage design or they're already inviting people to design a stage based on the MS Liverpool arena. After they finalize and approve that, they'll then know how many seats they have and therefore how many tickets they can sell. So tickets will not be on sale anytime soon. You're going to have to wait. And the EBU and the BBC will make it very clear when that official sale date is. And then it's every man, woman, and person for themselves. This will be a bloodbath. But you should remember, you're not just looking for tickets for the grand final, semi-final one, and semi-final two. No, no, no. There are nine live shows you can enjoy. There is a dress rehearsal the night before each of those shows. So the Friday night before the grand final on Saturday, it's a dress rehearsal that is the jury show. Just like the main show, they perform, the juries judge them remotely, but this is also the backup tape in case something goes wrong during the live show. So it's a very exciting live Eurovision event, and then you can enjoy Eurovision at home or at a bar or in a park on TV, you know, the night of the main event. Actually, I prefer going to the jury show and then watching the main show on TV, but that's just me. And then also there's another show before the jury show, which is a dress rehearsal. It's called a family show. That's the afternoon um, before the jury show which is of course the night before the final show. So in any case, I hope that all made sense. Long story short, you gotta wait and you need to only believe ticket communications from the BBC or the EBU, which we will be sharing on webeblogs.com. Ticket information will not be in my book, Wild Dances, which you can pre-order now. In any case, link in bio, or link in description. All right, Oliver, anything to add on tickets? Yeah, just the, 
because it will be so intense to get tickets and trust me i will be in that queue just the same as everybody else remember that if you don't get tickets there is still going to be multiple ways to enjoy eurovision like the euro village is like just as lively if not potentially more lively than the arena because there's all those people that couldn't get in flocking to it um and there's so many events on all going to be all around the city so don't be disheartened if you don't get tickets right away also they tend to release it in waves now right there's yeah. like a winter wave and a, and a spring wave so it, it'll it, your time will come you'll be able to celebrate your vision in liverpool no matter your ticket status First off, Suzanne Adams Yoga says, hello, you cute curly haired boys. This is of course my sister. Shout out to her and her yoga, her lotus flower. And then we have Andy TV highlights. Hotels are already booked up for that whole week. Couldn't find any hotels that were available. I would, basically I always wait because the hype dies down like in a few weeks and a few months. And then also the prices die down. Granted, a lot of the rooms will already have been taken. I do not submit to price gouging. So I say just wait, w wait for Airbnb listings, booking.com, whatever platform you prefer. It's okay, things will work out. And you know, there are lots of surrounding areas you can stay in. I, oh yeah. It's gonna be fine. I wouldn't stress that. You don't have to be right in the center. I'm gonna show, I mean, you're gonna see it on my phone, so it's like really crappy. This is the Mersey Rail train network. So right from liverpool there's like 10 minutes away you can get hotels for so much cheaper because it's not in the city center so if you're anybody who's looking for hotels for liverpool next year keep these names in mind you're going to want to look for aintree you're going to want to look at crosby um you can look at st michael's Egberth, the Wirral, um, even going up to Southport, like that is a little bit further out. But all of these places are within like 35 to 40 minutes of Liverpool. And the train line is really simple, um, really easy to get and really easy to navigate. It's not like Turin where you have to go to Milan and then you have to get like a, what is it, like a two hour train to Turin or whatever I don't want to relive Turin <laughs> in any capacity ever again. I'm just kidding. No, Turin was amazing. Turin was beautiful. Turin was absolutely stunning. It really was. Um, I just had issues with the press center. I thought the press yeah. center, but that's more of an EBU issue than an RAI issue. Let's keep it A real. story for another time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Hendricks says, great links from Manchester to Liverpool as well. It won't be a problem. This is interesting. A lot of people um, I've noticed on Twitter were complaining, oh, Liverpool's not central. Y'all, get on a train. Is gonna be okay. You don't have to have direct flights. You can see the gorgeous English um, countryside. You know, you can take in new vistas, new locations. It's gonna be amazing. This is why Eurovision is such a fantastic adventure, is it kind of puts you in new places and you get to experience new things. So don't be put off by the lack of direct flights. Just come a little earlier, maybe take in a few cities on your route to Eurovision 2023 in Liverpool, in the United Kingdom, on behalf of Ukraine. <laughs> By the way, congratulations. Also, oh, I was Tom. just gonna say Liverpool, Liverpool has a great airport. So please continue. <laughs> An amazing airport. Come fly with me, hunty. Tom Hendrick, who's pictured here, is of course a star of the Apple series, Ted Lasso. He's the goalkeeper. And he features in that new video game with all the footballers, soccer players. 23. Thank you so much. I don't play it or play those games. However, he's in it. So do check it out. You can be his character. All right. ESC Kanil says, do you think EBU will continue with the TikTok thing? 
I think that comes down to money, honey. That TikTok account has been very silent since that last check dropped. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Because the thing is, if you were doing TikTok out of passion and to serve your audience as you purported to, you would have kept it going. It's just weird to me that it suddenly just stopped. So that to me suggests there's a backstory. Perhaps that will become clear in the months ahead. You and Crab loves the John Lennon airport. Vanessa Frey asks, will Wee Wee Jam be on the 10th? A very good question. It is early days. In fact, it is only October 7th. However, we will have more details about the Wee Wee Jam in the near future. We are so excited. Liverpool knows how to partay. As we've heard repeatedly in every single BBC interview and report, and I can't wait to see. <laughs> Honestly, it does get a bit old. This whole Shade, thing, like, yeah. No, yeah. literally, but for all cities, every city was like, we know how to party. I mean, honestly, that's not like what I would base my decision calculus on, right? Like that's city. Anyway, no, but they do know how to party. It is true. I just, I've heard it so many times in the past three months. I'm never going to forget. We know how to throw a party and I lost by one point. That's my song. Yeah. Loved her song. Honestly, <laughs> I would oh, give her that great. point. She was amazing. Tatari Chan says, I was hoping for Glasgow. I'm a little sad. Babe, come early and go to Glasgow. This is the thing. The UK is here for you. Eurovision may only be a two-week event on the ground. However, these cities are here forever. So hop on over. Come see Glasgow. You're older now, William. Well, yes, honey. Each day I grow older. Each day I move a day closer to death. I don't know what you mean by that, but thank you so much. Talis says, hey, William, how do you guys feel about Liverpool's selection? Well, as you can see in this hour-long video, we are super, super excited to welcome you to the United Kingdom on behalf of Ukraine for the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. Oliver, Blue yes. Zone says, BBC clearly couldn't give a monkey's buttocks, I believe, about the bookies. What was your thought process? Were you worried because Glasgow was getting hyped? Did you think this was possible? At what point did your mental momentum change? I said from the very beginning that I think Liverpool should be in the running. And I remember, actually, it was the day I went to go and see Diana Ross, which was way back in June, saying, oh. this is the host venue of Eurovision. And everyone was like, no, what are you talking about? And now it's come true. So thank you very much. Um, I, I think the real momentum flip was that video. Um, of showcasing the Liverpoolian culture, that bid video that was really well put together. If you've not seen it, you'll be able to find it on Twitter really simply. Um, it's also on weirdblogs.com, I believe there's an article about it. Yeah. Ting. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the bookies, I think that Glasgow had so much momentum, probably because it had just been given an international stage for the Eurovision movie. Of course, with the Ovo Hydro I mean, it was in the movie, fictionally in Edinburgh, but it, that Ovo Hydro was used as the set for Fire Saga. So that's probably why kind of a lot of people were picking it up, thinking, oh my God, life imitates art, which would have been great. I know that it would have been a great show there. Um, and like I said, I think the default probably was Glasgow, but it, it's that program of events. So you, you can never take the bookie seriously. The Olsen, the Olsen brothers, Denmark, 2000, they were 200 to 1 to win on the night. And they took home the trophy. And next year we were in Copenhagen. So you shouldn't always believe the bookies. 
Absolutely. Roro31 writes on the WeeBlogs.com website, I would miss the Beatles performing on the Liverpool stage during intermission and it would be a magical moment. Wait, is that an insult? What? Wait. What? <laughs> okay, all I know is this. There's a lot of talk about the Beatles. Yeah. And I do hope we see Sir Paul McCartney, and I do hope we hear Imagine. <laughs> I am here for it. That You know I'm going to be taking that photo on Penny Lane with you on Halloween, Oliver. I am coming to Liverpool in a few weeks, and Oliver and I will be doing lots of social media stuff, so get ready, y'all. It's going to be amazing. Um, oh, Danny says, any thoughts about the new logo with the Ukrainian heart and the United Kingdom subtext? I haven't actually seen... Where is that? Oh, I think it's cute. It was on the envelope that Graham drew. So um, it's essentially the same as before. I will flash it up very briefly there. Mm. It's the Ukrainian heart in the middle. And rather than just the city underneath, it says United Kingdom, Liverpool 2022. So the idea is that it is Ukraine show. It just so happens that the hosting is over here. Fair. Easy, simple way to do it. I didn't like all the mock-ups that people were doing with kind of the, the extra heart over the eye or like two hearts overlapping. I was like, oh, this is too much. But they've kept it simple, clean, pure. and yeah, yeah, it's Ukraine. Simple and pure. And let's face it, the UK is going to get plenty of exposure in all this. I mean, the contest <laughs> is in the United Kingdom in a, you know, a UK city hosted at least, hope, well, assuming you know, there'll be a UK host of some kind involved in this. Um, so yeah, I don't think the UK is butthurt, as some people would say, about the heart not being there. I think it's great. You've got to honor Ukraine. Ukraine won the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 in Turin, Italy. You know, the UK is throwing the party on their behalf. So I'm cool with that. Devon Power, can't wait to see Atomic Kittens whole again. <laughs> Vanessa, Fr okay, I took me a minute there. Yes, you can make me whole again. Whole again. I spent a summer in Slovakia and they were playing that song all the time. And I had never heard of Atomic Kitten. I was like really young. And I was like, who are these nuclear cats? And then they were amazing. <laughs> Blue Zone says, do host broadcasters normally move the semifinals to their main channel? They've never been on BBC One before. So Blue Zone, in the past, we've seen some countries upgrade from like three to two. What did Italy upgrade? I think Italy might've upgraded the semifinal coverage. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it does happen. Things do get upgraded um, because obviously when Eurovision is in your own country, like the hype is just so much bigger. It's, you know, the BBC is going to, funny enough, and Oliver, you'll know what I'm talking about. We heard many months ago that the BBC had rented an outdoor veranda in Liverpool didn't we? But they hadn't done it elsewhere. We, we, should did. Have, we should have taken that as a clue that Liverpool was going to win. Well, yeah, I mean, that's been kind of a secret under wraps until now. But oh. I, I mean, it's, no, 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 it's fine. I, I know that the BBC, way back when, were scoping out venues. I won't say which venue, but there has been a venue that they've had their eye on to be kind of like their, their studio for the week. Um, I assume this was probably the case in both Liverpool and Glasgow, but from that moment onwards, we were like, oh, okay, this 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 could be something. So I always had that in the back of my mind. Um, spilling the tea. Spilling the tea. Point is, Liverpool is a picturesque city, and the BBC wanted to book it before anyone else could. Ollie Murs. That Ollie Murs stuff, that was some <laughs> drama. 
So a Twitter user very rightly pointed out today that... Let me find uh, his username. Yeah, please, let's shout out to him. Because, you know, it was a good observation. Ali Mers, the arena in Liverpool had even shared that Ali Mers was performing on the 6th of May. And so everyone was freaking out, like, why would you announce this if you know you're going to be host city? Maybe they just didn't know at that stage in the conversation they had been chosen. And so they were proceeding as normal. Let me, oh my gosh, where is this person? I really want to give them the credit because they stood up Please do look for that. And I'll answer this question. Yee Yee says, how much do you predict this contest will cost compared to other years? This is really interesting. We don't know how the expense of this contest is going to be divided. Obviously, the BBC is paying for a lot of it, I would assume, but we don't know if the EBU behind the scenes has negotiated some kind of special dispensation because of the awkward, not awkward, because of the global crisis right now, because of the war and its impacts on Eurovision. Um, it's just unclear. We, we don't, we're not privy to that. The UK is obviously an expensive place. However, the BBC has a very strong existing infrastructure. So there are all these different factors. It's impossible to kind of break it down. Um, but, you know, I'm looking, I think the BBC knows how to do things efficiently. And I think we will see that efficiency in action here. Oliver. So, quick one. The person on Twitter with the Olimers conspiracy theory was Matthew Joyce at Matthew W. Joyce. So, shout out to Matthew Joyce. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to put a number on price. We've seen when countries who are kind of used to hosting Eurovision, for example, Sweden, can pull it off very on on quite a tight budget and can pull it off very efficiently and effectively. Um, other countries put a lot more money into it. I know Tel Aviv was super expensive. Um, Moscow 2009 was also very expensive. Um, and Oslo, I believe, was also quite expensive, but they had to pull kind of resources together because they didn't necessarily have same infrastructure they sold their rights to the world cup yeah yeah so it was it it was a difficult um it different countries have different difficulties and they have different levels of expertise when it comes to hosting this kind of event but the bbc in the past 10 years we've seen footage of the olympics we've seen coverage of the commonwealth games it's so many things happen in the uk that are of just as big a scale if not a bigger scale than eurovision so i'm confident that they know how to do this on a friendly budget also keeping in mind that the bbc is funded by taxpayers so all of the tickets we are hoping are going to be cheaper because they tend not to they try not to make a profit on these events um so yeah we'll see what happens there it had been suggested by a think tank i forget the name to reserve some tickets for Ukrainian refugees and the British people who host them. And I think that's a beautiful idea. They're not saying give away all the tickets. They're saying people in the UK, in Liverpool, who are hosting refugees from Ukraine, they as a group should be able to go and enjoy the show together. I think that's so beautiful. I think that would just be such a good idea. It doesn't have to be, you know, the grand final. It could be any of the shows. Just let them have a moment, you know, enjoying this Ukraine-UK cross-cultural connection. Um, Parsnip Burger... I've never heard, that sounds very vegan friendly. Parsnip Burger says, does it bother you it's ceremonial and the UK will never win on their own again? Well, I would argue against that supposition. I think the UK can win. I think the UK came second at the most recent edition of the Eurovision Song Contest. So why can't they win? I think it's a new day. I think the negativity, the nastiness of yesteryear, that's gone. And we can now look to a bright future. Thank you so much. So no, 
I, I, I'm not bothered that this is ceremonial because the UK is still getting to showcase the UK. The BBC is still getting, getting to show off what it can do. Um, there was a point made earlier, Oliver, a good point, about how Sweden can do it cheap and they can do it expensive. 2013 Eurovision in Malmö, that was done efficiently on a budget. They kept things very efficient. 2016, they were showing off. Yeah. And I prefer 2016. <laughs> I loved how they showed out in 2016. That was a beautiful stage. I loved the opening. I loved the runway. They absolutely killed it. It was fantastic. Oh, wow. They've just The BBC has just listed performance producer Eurovision Song Contest job opportunities. Um, Y'all better check that jobs board. Oof. Malma, the small yeah, LinkedIn, Eurovision. everybody. <laughs> um, the Malma edition, Eurovision 2013, not my favorite. I, you know. I'm glad it was done on a budget and someone saved coin because then they could use that excess coin in 2016 for a truly fabulous show. Now look, we do need to wrap this video up as it is getting late. So we're going to quickly just scroll through and see if there are any pressing questions. Danny says, is the living, sorry, in the cost of living crisis, do you think hosting Eurovision is an efficient and appropriate idea? This is a fair question, and I think this is one that both political leaders, local and national, and indeed international, have been dealing with across a number of events. However, I would argue that it is important to give people something to look forward to. In what could be one of our darkest winters, I think it's vital that people see light at the end of it. I think that this goes beyond the UK. This is about Europe celebrating togetherness. This is about one country helping another in its darkest hour. I do think the money is worth it. We also should point out we do not know the financial mechanism behind this. Does the EBU have a rainy day fund when, for, for when events like this do happen? We don't know. So until all the information's out there, it's hard to say. I appreciate your concern. But having seen the power of Eurovision up close in my face, in my room, in my life for many years now, I would say yes, it's absolutely worth it. And also... This is a closed economic system in the sense that, yes, you're paying for this show, but that money is going back into your economy. So, yes, you're building all this stuff. You're pumping all this money into Liverpool, but then Liverpool will continue to enjoy that money, right? The people of Liverpool will continue to enjoy that for years to come. It's not like they're throwing the money out. It's going into outer space. It leaves their hands, but it stays within the UK. And we sometimes forget that when we're talking about economic issues. In any case, thank you so much for the question. Oliver, do you have a response? I, I do think it's a valid concern, I think, for anybody considering a trip. I mean, personally, for me, like thinking about going to Eurovision in Glasgow, completely transparently, Glasgow is a really expensive place. Hotels are really expensive. If we were to do, as we were blogs, like a two full weeks of rehearsals, like that's an Airbnb or a hotel for two weeks, and that can be very expensive. Um, so it, it, I understand the concern, but I do think that you have to consider the just the morale that comes with it. Everything in this country, let's not make it a joke of it, it's so depressing right now. So it, it, it's just so joyful to have something to look forward to, especially in the north, might I add. Especially the fact that this isn't going to a capital city where things are super expensive anyway, but this is going to a part of the country that needs that economic boost. The government's always talking about leveling up the north, so maybe this is the perfect opportunity to do it. Absolutely. We've been hearing about this leveling up for so long. I'm ready to see some levels, and I'm not talking about Avicii. I'm talking about investment on tea, and that seems to be 
on the cards. Tom Hendrick, thank you so much for joining us. He is a wee wee blogger. He is up in Leicester and we will see him very soon and all of you. Annabella says the arena seems small. Girl, it ain't small. <laughs> I mean, it's not Wembley Stadium, but it's also not your local snooker club. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And just remember, there are events in the city, the Eurovision Village. You know, Oliver, tell us, where will Eurovision Village be, potentially? Oh, okay. So you're probably looking at, there's a few places. First one is on the docks, really, on the pier head, which is where they hosted Liverpool Pride Festival this year, if you want to look it up. Um, really nice open space right on the dockyard, big enough for a stage, um, absolutely big enough, kind of a huge viewing screen. They've done all sorts of events like that there. Um, and that's also right next to the arena. So logistically it just makes sense also a bit further in the south there's a place called sefton park so this huge green space which a lot of people forget liverpool has but liverpool has plenty of green spaces um and that hosts a festival called africa oye which is one of the uk's biggest celebrations of african music attracts thousands of visitors every year so i think that would be a perfect place for it if you want to look up um if you want to look up kind of the gem of Liverpool, I suppose, have a look at the Palm House in Sefton Park. I encourage everyone to Google it because that's the area that you'd be looking at for a potential Eurovision village. Um, there's also Matthew Street, which is where all the clubs are. That's where the Silver Black statue is. That's where the Cavern Club is, which the Beatles famously got their start at. Um, so I, I, I would imagine that that would probably be more of like a Euro club area. But there's so many options. And I think, again, this has played very well into the bid. Loads of options, loads of contingency if one thing can't go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Well, look, we have been here for nearly 45 minutes, so we should probably wrap this up. But just so you know, our Eurovision coverage is about to get super hot and super charged. So y'all be sure to come back. We have a lot of things planned for this season, which we cannot reveal just yet. But we hope that all of you will be there for the ride. And I am not talking about Poland 2021, even <laughs> though his car looked very, very nice. Oliver, final thoughts from you. I'm just so excited that Verka Saduchka could be performing in the Cavern Club. Like, that, that's a possibility. Verka Saduchka, Susie from Portugal in the Cavern Club. Like, I, I just want to make it happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I want all of my lovely wee wee bloggers out there to know that I only have one spare bedroom. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for everyone to visit Liverpool and it's a really lovely city. If you're traveling from Europe, you're gonna love it. If you're traveling from the UK, um, then we will welcome you with open arms. I'm just so excited for this to happen. I can't believe it's finally happening. It's, it's a dream come true that I've had since I was about seven years old. So very emotional, very personal for me. And thank you to the bidding team who have been incredible this entire time. Oh my God, that was so beautiful. I'm so happy for you. But also I've seen grand designs. You can add an extension to your house and you can host all of us. Just kidding. <laughs> Tee -hee. The UK has so many home shows. Um, although oftentimes they're like, escape to the country, I'm leaving, bye. Or escape to the chateau, bye. Or, you know, home or away, I'm so what is it? Place in the sun, bye. Oh, um, Wanted Down Under with Nikki Chapman. Oh, and then she spins the thing, and, like, the child who has, like, no clue is like, <laughs> Australia! <laughs> it's like, 
the meat-free chicken that I had for dinner today. Which one? Mm, I could kill some meat-free food about now. Mm, I love good beetroot burger. I just want to say that people often get really wrapped up in maybe where Eurovision's going to be. And what they should remember is that Eurovision is amazing wherever it is. Like... Literally, it's the feeling, the coming together, the joy, the sharing of music. And I personally think it'll be even more spectacular in Liverpool, which has, as we've discussed, you know, this warmth, this openness, and this very clear intent, this intent to host on behalf and in celebration of Ukraine. It's just really tasteful. Go on our website, click on any of the Liverpool stories, and you'll see that the bidding team have been so honest and lovely and down to earth. I loved that interview that the guy at Liverpool did with Claire McColgan from Culture Liverpool. She just seemed so warm and excited. Not fussed, not bothered, but wants to do a great job. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was a woman on a mission, but she was kind with it. It was not like she was sitting there slitting people's ankles. You know what I mean? She wants to put... <laughs> Liverpool on a pedestal, and she did it in a kind, kind way. And so I'm just, I'm really excited to see that spirit up close and personal. Final, final, final question before we go. I know I keep saying that. The theme of Junior Eurovision 2022 was imagine, j'imagine. So obviously, or rather, some people have said... 2021. Girl, it's all, it's all <laughs> running together. Once you get to my age, all right, 2021, it was imagine... What could the theme or slogan be for Liverpool? Why can't it also be imagined? I mean, I don't mind that, personally. I don't mind the recycling of old themes if they fit. I want to know, I'm going to look up Translate, but if somebody faster than I, um, what's the Ukrainian word for imagine? Because that would be good. Or I've also seen Let It Be Liverpool, as in Let It Be by the Beatles. Um, There's loads of things they could do, but also... I think at the end of the day, does that matter that much? It no. doesn't. Like, as long it, as it's it, not it, strawberry it's... fields forever or something that, you know, it has to make uh, sense. And no. it also has to be a bit bland, let's be honest. A slogan and theme has to be bland so it's all-encompassing. General. And so it doesn't offend anyone. And so it can be really tricky. Um, but I'm excited. In any case, that's what we think. What do you think? Is Liverpool your preferred cho- choice for host city? Are you excited about what they have to offer? Do you have any tea on what is in that bid book? Let us know here on Wee Wee Blogs. Followers will be here the entire time. I know I will. I'm right here in Liverpool, so expect many frequent updates from myself and William and the entire Wee Wee Blogs team. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, if you dive in other MBWeirdBlogs.com. And um, make sure you brush up on your Atomic Kitten discography because it will be playing all over Liverpool when you visit. I need to get like a frequent, not a frequent flyer pass, like a frequent train pass because I will be coming to Liverpool many times <laughs> in the coming months. Ooh, Devant says, do you think it could be a scouse to host? I, we're getting on to another point now. This is going to be a separate video. <laughs> we will make a separate video. We're going to go to sleep, but we will keep all of your questions in mind. You guys, thank you so much, and we will see you later. Bye! Bye.